You're, dude, it's an international I said World Cup. I said World Cup. I said. I need to go back and look at that World Cup. You think I can just pull the World Cup out of my ass? I can't. I can't. I can pull. No, I can look at what just happened. Maybe. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of We Caught Soccer. I'm Michael. He's Walker. You know the deal. Let's jump right into some soccer. We're going to start off with transfer key as always, but probably the biggest transfer story, all things considered, of the summer. The two teams involved, Everton, Crystal Palace. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? But Andros Townsend is closing in on a move to Everton due to the fact because Gilfie Sigurdsson is in jail, according to reports. He's been arrested for texting underage children and girls. His wife has deleted their Instagram. It's circulating all over the social media. It's just crazy, crazy stuff. What seemed to be a good guy is a villain now. Like I said, it's all speculations, only reports. Nothing has been confirmed, but a Premier League footballer has been arrested for that, and it looks like it is Gilfie Sigurdsson. But they are signing Andros Townsend and Damari Gray and Dwight McNeil are some of the names thrown out there as replacements. So, um, a lot to unpack. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the box. Alright, I have the box. I open it up. It's a sex it's a sex predator, and that's that's a goddamn shame. Uh, you know, you, you really think that that these that these Nordic guys are all sweet and everything, like, oh hey, what's up? I'm gonna gonna go fishing on me boat and back to my home my hometown of two people. But no, no, they're actually out there doing this nasty shit and um yeah. Oh my God! The new age Adam Johnson is here. Um, I love the replacements, though. Actually, more so than I like him. I've always been a big Andres Townsend guy. I, I, I love the way he plays. He's versatile, and he's just been rotting away along with Roy Hudson over at Sellers Park. <laughs> so I, I like that move. If they can get Dwight McNeil done, I mean, he's he's a super super talented player. That again is just. I don't think a lot of people know how good he is just because yeah. of where he plays and how they play. And it's mm-hmm. a shame. Uh, he should go play at Everton. Yeah. Where slightly more people might know his name. A United Academy, a La Carrington product. So he definitely has talent. I'd like that a lot. And with Sigurdsson most likely uh, leaving, I don't think that's that big of a problem because they still do have Hamed's who's had an entire summer off and he can just fill into whatever spot Sigurdsson was going to play. Cause I kind of, you know, rotated for each other a little bit throughout the season. So I don't think that's a huge loss in terms of starting 11 quality, but it's a huge loss for football. It's a huge loss for his family, friends, and the club for something like this to happen. Um, as always, we'll keep you updated on that breaking story on both our socials, uh, and try to keep you guys up to date with it because that is freaking crazy. Quick sidebar on that, like uh, just to the overall craziness of the situation. And I don't want to like overshadow how how terrible it was that uh, this is what he's what he's doing in his free time, you little nasty fuck. But Everton, all in the span of these few months, have have just gone to absolute shit. You know, a year ago, they're getting Carlo Ancelotti and a whole new sink in their midfield as per their, the three transfers they made, James, Decore, and Alan. A year, not even a year later now, Ancelotti's out the door. James is being courted away with them. And now this, now this, not, not good, not good. I mean, who not knows? Good. 
if there's one man who can turn around this sinking ship, it is Hafa Benitez. I swear. I swear to you, it is that man. Yeah, pro- probably not the best start to his tenure, though. <laughs> oh, no, no. If I, was, if I was him, and I'm not, but if I was him, I'd put in my resignation, just save face. There's not, nothing can go well out of this. You're, no. You have everything to lose and nothing to gain. A high wage bill, expectations, a big fan base, and a shit show all around you. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting, to say the least, to follow Everton over the coming days, weeks, and months into the new season. On to the next. Let's uh, stay in the Premier League for a bit. Completed transfer. Ben White, the $68 million player, according to Arsenal. He's there. Uh, He will complete his medical once he returns from holiday. The England defender is expected to sign a four-year deal worth 120 k per week. A nice little pocket change for the guy. Proud, happy to see him get his move. He's a great player. Not great. He's a very good player. He's good with the ball at his feet. Uh, he, he's, he's just not worth the price. I was trying to, like, sugarcoat it, but he's just not worth near 70 million euro. I mean, <laughs> no. Yeah, I, um, I, I agree. He's not worth 70 million euro. He's probably still one of the better center backs on the market. Yeah. In that that the skill set he has in terms of being able to pass the ball, dribble it up the field, and even play a nice James Sands role, maybe in the Premier League, though. He he it is what it is, you know? Like it is what it is. Like you go this is the going rate for a center back that can do these type of things, you know? So like th- let me ask you this. Would you rather if this is if you're the sporting director de football at Arsenal Football Club, and you have the choice of having Ben White or not having Ben White. And I feel, I feel like that's what you really got to ask yourself because I don't think it was on the cards to get him for lower, you know? No, no, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I just, like you said, that is kind of the going rate for a good center back nowadays and passing is more important than defending and being good with the ball and press resistant. But I look at this price tag and then – oh. I'll call, actually, I'll come back to this point. No, okay. No, I was going to get to that too. So why not just do that now? <laughs> do what? You know what I'm talking about. Okay. There's only one thing. Yeah, there's only one thing. Um, Manchester United are closing in on a deal. Oh. for. Yeah, I was talking about Varane because I, I thought you White's were talking about the other. Then. I thought, I thought oh. you were going for how they loaned out Will Saliba. Oh, oh, yeah, they did Again. that. They, yeah. they, they, they bought him for this. no reason. They bought him for no reason. And then go and spend $70 million on Ben White, who is Premier League proven. But then, you, like I was just saying, you got United and Rafael Varane for $20 million less. And this guy's won four Champions League, won, has a World Cup, has won everything, played on every stage you can imagine. And he's still in his prime. He's only 28 years old. And they got him for cheaper. And I don't think there's a single thing that Ben White can do better than Veron. I know Veron would have never went to Arsenal, you know, but he's going to get a lot of hate. Going to get a lot of hate. We have seen Ben White be the be the best center back on two Premier League level clubs now. That is fact. You Lewis Dunk supporters can go take it to the back. I don't want to hear nothing. We've never seen Rafael Veron do that at club level. Or quite frankly, for his national team. Yeah, but he was also been overshadowed by his daddy. 
he he was partnered with the best center back Fair. of all time. Damn. So it's kind of hard to, you know. Look, and look I the starter for Madrid since he was 18. Since he was a Ramos, graduate. And he's going next to Baz, and so that's good. It makes sense. It's not a bad – but I'm – but if I'm Arsenal and I have to make the choice of Varane for $40 million or oh. Ben White for $60 million, Don't say it. I'm, I'm doing Ben White for $60 because oh he's, he's proven to be able to lead a back line. Rafael Varane is not. Oh, my God. I, uh, oh. <laughs> I, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> Look, I'm just talking. Really? I'm just talking as a Man City fan who has seen this guy been exposed. He he got uh, absolutely exposed. And if you plug that in, if you plug that in the Arsenal, what they currently are, nothing changes. I'm sorry, nothing changes. It's just more of the same. He'll get exposed the same way. Uh-huh. And, and White, uh... though, he, what two teams will always give Pep Guardiola a hard time? I know it. Both times we play Brighton and Leeds this year, we're gonna have a tough, tough day. I, I know that for a fact, and he's led both those back lines. And, and as a United fan, I've seen Ben White get sat down twice in the span of two seconds. Marcus is built different. Unfair comparison. <laughs> I mean, and City's built different. City's built with money. That's they, how everybody's City built. were we just unstoppable well. until they got stopped in the final. Right? They always get stopped. Right? No, but they were unstoppable up until a certain point. Like yeah, it I was, was very, I was very cocky about that. It was incredible how unbeatable they were, and uh, expo- ex- like so, he allowed some goals against the best team in the world. But Ben White got sat down twice by Rashford, who played on one leg and had one arm. I think, I think we're going too far into the semantics, and we should move <laughs> to the next transfer. I agree, I agree, which is why we'll be moving over to Italy for this one. AC Milan are interested in Philippe Coutinho. The Brazilian is said to be open to a return to Syria. Huh? And what do you think the price tag on a 2021 Felipe Coutinho would be? It's reasonable, I think. Re- reasonable? I think it's reasonable. I would pay yeah. it if I were AC Milan. 27 million euro. Not bad. It's 20. Uh, the price tag is 20. I would definitely take it. He's still, there's still a baller in there. He's very technical. He'll fit Italian football. And to be honest, thinking about it now, he'd look amazing in an AC Milan kit. And I think he'd slot right into that team. Yeah. And it's now, uh, what's it called? It's a vacancy now with uh, the Turkish mastermind going too. They, they could use a creator. So I think, it, I, think I like it. I like this one. I like this one if it happens. As do I. Good move. Sweet. Um, next, we're going to go to Madrid. Carlo Ancelotti loves Diego Dello, the Manchester United right back, and he is more than convinced he can become the best right back in European football. However, nothing is advanced at the moment between uh, Real Madrid and Manchester United. As we know, United wants Kieran Trippier, uh, which would make Dello excess. And this looks like Ancelotti loves him. United want to get rid of him. United need to bring in a new guy. All the things are aligning for this deal to happen. I don't think it'll move fast, but I think it will happen. And I like it. I do like it. I don't know. He's, he's gassing it a tad bit, just a little bit. Delo's crazy going forward, but he's not the best defender in the world. But who knows? Ancelotti does gets paid for this type of stuff. So what do you think about it? 
I think, quite frankly, he's on drugs. I'm not. I'm not seeing <laughs> the best fullback in, in Europe anywhere. Right back, guy. best right back, just best right back. back. Whatever, not seeing it. Not seeing it. Right back's more more crowded than left back anyway. So well, yeah, because Luke Shaw is just easily far and away the best. <laughs> I don't see it. He's coming off a disappointing season at Everton, where he just up and left. And uh, I, I, if I was a Madrid fan, I'd be worried about this season, given everybody leaving. Words like this coming out of a man's mouth, and you know he's a legend. He's a made man. Been there, done that. But what have you done for me lately? Lately, finished mid table with Everton, so yeah. I don't be scared. It's so true. And a little, a little tiny sidebar: How big of a leash do you think Ancelotti's getting when he si- Let's say he signs the low and like. Have you ever seen this? Is the like end? That? Yeah, Channing I have. Tatum. Yeah, and, oh that. Um, Danny McBride. Yes. Tight That's, leash. Yes, tight leash. Tight leash. All right. Tight. I think, I think it's kind of a loose leash. Um, I definitely think he gets. This whole season, no matter what, unless obviously they're like an eleventh, which they won't be. But and then he'll get next summer window because they're going to get Mbappe, and I believe the premise on him going back kind of stood on that. But interesting, I guess. Uh, we'll see. That was it's kind of a blasphemous claim, to be honest. And I like the low, but uh, I don't think he'll ever be a good enough defender to be the best right back in the world. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Absolutely not. No. Staying in Spain. Uh, Saul Miguez from Atletico Madrid does not want to be a part of a swap deal for Griezmann and Barcelona. He would prefer to move to the Premier League with clubs like Manchester United, Liverpool, and Chelsea circling the Spanish midfielder. Um, The price would be about $40 Uh, As quoted, all those teams could use midfield help. Uh, Would have to be some outs from each of those teams. And not Liverpool, but from Chelsea United, there would need to be some outs. I I think Barcelona need a push to get this thing done. All things considered, uh, Griezmann's wages are absurd, as we talked about. Um, And Saul's just a good player. He's a versatile player. He can play anywhere in the midfield. And he's a hard worker, as you have to be on that terrorist side. So um, I think Barcelona should do everything in their power to get it done. But if one of these Premier League clubs can snap him up, $40 million is a bargain. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a really good player. And especially since they're going to save, like, I, I think I think he gets paid less than half what Griezmann's on. His ridiculous so. wage. If, if he got paid exactly half, it would be 440000 euro a week. So safe bet that he probably gets paid closer to a quarter. So that's um, they need to do that. And he's a really, really good player. United, it would be a great fit. Uh, Chelsea, great. And all those teams that are in for anybody who gets this guy is getting a real good player. And I mean, now that Rodrigo to Paul stepping in, I guess you you can let him go if you're Atletico Madrid. And there's also some beef between him and as you call him, the terrorist leader over there. So. Yeah. The change of scenery needed. Whoever ends up getting them getting a real good player. But yeah, Barcelona need to make that happen. Yeah, they definitely do. I think they need it more than the uh, other teams mentioned. And yeah, he makes about, according to this website uh, that looks not shoddy, he makes 270,000 euro a week, which I'm sure Barcelona would gladly cough up to get Griezmann off their butt. Uh, let's see what else we got here. 
We spoke about Everton. We spoke about all those guys. Kamavinga, though. Everything has went quiet on his front. All the teams, PSG and United, mainly the two in for him. Uh, Ren have basically said, where do you want to go? Like, you can go wherever you want to go because they don't want to lose him for free. He will probably not be signing a new contract to hold his value. And both teams are waiting till the end of the summer to see how low that uh, price can drop. So it might be quiet on that front for a little bit, but I keep reading it and I, I kind of believe it, but I don't think so. This move for United has nothing to do with Pogba as well as for PSG. So that being said, both teams could have Pogba and Kamavinga at the start of this season. Although in connection to this uh, reports came out today that, Returning to Paris is not thought to be appealing to Paul Pogba at the moment. He's expected that contract discussions with Manchester United will continue into the new season, but he is very happy and open to staying or else he wouldn't have come back according to what I uh, am reading. So he does want to come back at all. Uh, well, no, cause he left, he left when he was a kid, went to Juventus and if he didn't want to be, Oh, okay. I thought you meant he wanted to come back from euros and I was like, oh, Jesus, oh, like, no, that no. A dick move. oh, no, no, no. He, he's still on vacation, but I hope he'll be back. I think he's legally obligated to be back. That would be such a dick move to be honest, but Paul's not a dick. He's a good guy. So hey. Kamavinga, Pogba. Come home. I mean, you know, you know, you know, we've been over this transfer before. It makes too much sense not for United to do the in-out. Um, if Paris get either one of them, kudos to them, build them more of a super team. Interesting strategy by United. Interesting. They should know not to play with the deadline and dicking around for the price of a good player, but it, maybe yeah. they haven't learned. To be honest, yeah, they're, they're dicking around with the price line and they have to deal with Mino Rail on the other end. Oof, that's tough. Maybe it's just all part of John Murto's masterclass, and he's just playing us all the fool. But more likely than not, they're going to screw it up mightily. Yeah, so I agree. It would be a great move for either of these teams. Quick little run-through. Uh, Allison Becker signed a new deal for Liverpool. Whoop-de-doo. That's, that's it for the run-through because I'll hand it over to you. There's just a new center back you want to talk about that seems like he's an athlete. I do want to talk about him. He is a new center back. He is an athlete, and his name is Mark Guehi. I do not know if I'm saying that right at all. He was on loan out at Swansea City over from Chelsea. He was caught up in the loan machine that takes up so many young, talented, fun players and just sucks the life out of them. But guess what, guys? He escaped. He escaped. He was sold to Crystal Palace today. And um, he's just a, a real solid player and a solid signing. I'm excited to see what um, what Vieira can do with this guy. He's averaging a cool 3.2 tackles and interceptions per 90. Six foot, you know, he's almost two-something. You need to do something if you're two-something. Only got a right foot. Very nice pass on that right foot, though. And um, he's a warrior. He's shown he can play in a two at a high level at Swansea. Oh, they were a game away from promotion, so it, he could have been back in the Premier League one way or the other. So he, he's a Premier League center back. It's a good signing for um, Palace, and I think they got him for what was the what was the price? What's the price tag on that? Nine? No, twenty five point six million 
dollars. I don't know how that translates to euros. I'm, I'm gonna guess it's like eighteen or something on that. It is. Let's see. Well, I'll do twenty six because uh, we'll round up here for easy numbers. It would be twenty two and change. Twenty two and change. Good deal for a solid center back. Not quite the passer and ball carrier that Ben White is, but a warrior in a team that, I mean, Roy's not the coach anymore, but they did hire one of the best defensive midfielders of all time. So one can assume he's a terrible coach. Play. Yeah, he, he got, he was in a he, hard situation. He's going to be fired so fast. He's it's probably going to get sacked. It's sad. He's probably going to get sacked, but, unless, but you know. Unless they're dumb and just give him a long leash and then it goes on for way too long and then they're in the championship and then they don't know what to do. I don't, I don't even want to think about that. So I'm not going to think about that for them. I'm not going to think about that. I really want Vieira and Eze and Alice and and now this guy, Mark, I want them all to succeed. I like this team. I, I really like them and I'm going to tune into these games at least for the start of the season until they get too bad to watch. You also told me about Lucas and Emcha from Manchester yeah. city. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going over to Wolfsburg. They got a solid player. Solid so he, he's definitely going to get some time. Um, maybe is this is this signaling a potential move for Vout Veghorst? There was some some buzz around him after Euros. Maybe. No. 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 Ryan Bertrand. Lester signed him on a free. Solid left back. Inked in the 11 for Southampton the last, like, three seasons. So... You know, yeah. you can't ever have too many fullbacks. You know what they say. Mm-hmm. And that's that's about it. That's about, that's about it. it. That's about yeah. it. Well, oh, oh, also Jahan's back. I said his name once on the podcast. Goodbye, kid. He's out of Brighton. He's going over to Farnwood, uh, top club up in, up over in the Netherlands. They're outside of the big three, but they're just right there. And the big four. Right there. (laughs) Well, the drop-off from one to two and three is tremendous. And the drop-off from them is right there, bud. All right. Well, that was Transfer T. Was Transfer T brought to you by McDonald's Sweet Tea. Uh, Anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Go to your local McDonald's and grab yourself a $1 sweet tea and have a great day with it. Delicious. Thank you, McDonald's. What's up, guys? Back at you with the back at you. And we got something as promised. You know, we got had a long hiatus due to some technical difficulties last week. Wi-Fi seems to be running smooth right now. Knock on wood. Knocking on some wood, you know. And it hopefully we we get we get through this episode scot-free. But we're going to premiere, we're going to love jinxes. You love jinxes. It's I crazy. love him so much uh, that that better loves him too. Just threw the Eagles' season down the fucking drain. Not not that we had a chance to win the Super Bowl anyway, but that guy. Anyway, we're gonna preview all twenty Premier League teams leading up to the kickoff of the season. That means five teams per episode, and there is no particular order. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Maybe not. There might be. Child, we're gonna preview these guys. And why not start it where we ended transfer tea over in Selhurst Park with Crystal Palace, led by Patrick Vieira this time around, you know, absolutely iconic Premier League midfielder over for the Gunners. And um, I'm, I'm excited about this team. They got a few young, exciting players that I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to definitely look out for, but 
in terms of how it's all gonna you know gel together in a practical kind of way can't lie dude i can't lie i'm a bit worried about how crystal palace is gonna make out their signings this year include as we said mark Guehi, michael alice they got Remy Matthews, goalkeeper from Sunderland, on a free transfer. I've used him in career mode. Solid squad player. Solid, solid squad player. And Jacob Montez on a free from, uh, from the MLS. So, young player, eligible for both Honduras and um, the United States of America. So, who knows? That guy could maybe be good at football. But, but really, what's more important about what's going down here is that, A, the man who has kept this group in the Premier League for a number of years, Roy Hodgson, is retiring. He's gone. He's gone. Say what you want about how he plays. It might be boring. It might not be the, the thing that will keep you up on a Sunday morning, as is the Premier League across the pond grind. But it's, it's practical. It gets the job done. It keeps you in the Premier League. Not only did he leave, basically the whole squad is leaving as well. This might take a while, but Andros Townsend, as we said earlier, Everton. Patrick Van Alhoen, free agent. Sacco, free agent. James McCarthy, free agent. Nathaniel Klein, free agent. Gary Cahill, free agent. Scott Dan, free agent. Wayne Hennessy, free agent. All of those players I just said played significant minutes in the Premier League last season for them. And oh, you, you cannot lose all those people in, in one year. Bright news. Yeah. They still got Jordan Ayew. They still got Zaha as a Michael Alice has come in. Rywald, how do I Rydewald, the the young kid with the hair. Yeah. He showed some flashes last year. He's good. I like him. Yeah. Jeffrey Schlupp's okay. Um Guaita in the back. Uh they, they still got Kuyate. He played at center back. Stick him next to um this new guy. Mark, I, I'd imagine. In their friendly, they had Tyreek Mitchell and Nathaniel Klein at the fullbacks. I, I think that's probably going to be their plan going into the season. So that's Crystal Palace's 11, led by Patrick Vieira. It, it's going to be fun. They're going to try some things. They're going to have to try some things because those fullbacks, Cleante's a defensive mid by trade. Say what you want. He, he played all right, but it's uh, – Goyette had a good season too. They, they're not going to be very good. They're going to they're gonna be bad. What do, what do you think about them? Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be really bad, like really bad. Um, last year, they were 19th in the Premier League in total shots taken. The only team worse were the historically bad Sheffield United. Um, so right off the bat, that's not good. And then listing all those players you said that are gone, that's not good. I know, like you said, they still have Zaha. They still have Eze. I like Eze. He's good. He's bright. He's fun. He can change a game. And I think he's going to take a step forward. But Zaha is the most overrated star. Because he's. I think he's a star somehow. But he is the most overrated star in the Premier League and possibly Europe. He is... He he's all for the cameras. He has no real output. He he won't grit and grind. He's there for himself. He's not a team player. Every summer he's telling Palace he wants to leave, but no one wants him. And 
it's just he he's not a good star to lead your team, lead your line. Um, as a soon enough, and probably this season will take that torch from him, in my opinion, and it'll be all over. But um, going back to Patrick Vieira, he likes possession, uh, based on like from Nice and all that stuff in the last season. In 10 out of his 11 games in charge of Nice, he had the bulk of the possession 10 out of the 11 times, yet they only scored 16 goals. So his team, Nice, like, you know, Nice is Nice. They're, they're not that great of a side. But uh, 16 goals in 11 matches when you're out possessing the ball isn't good. And this Palace team has shown an inability to get that production in, whether it be shots or goals or creating chances. And I just think that uh, it's kind of a kind of a you know like recipe for disaster, to be honest. So yeah, although they did uh, miss the least big chances last year, they create didn't create shit either. So um, it's going to be a lot of possession trying and a whole lot of goals allowed for this Palace side. I mean, I. I, I disagree with you. The more I'm thinking about this Palace team, and I, I don't I don't think they're going to be as terrible as you're making them out. I think they might still get relegated. That's still on the table. But they're not going to be that bad because if they're going to be able to or at least try to control the possession, they got Alice now. He's going he's gonna to be good. They got Eze. Those are two players that can break you down. And I'm sorry, you're wrong about Zaha. He's worth 12 points in the Premier League on his own. On his own, he's getting four doves for that club, easy, and he's he's not consistent, and that's why the big clubs don't want him. But on his day, he is he is nay unplayable, and um, he, he he's gonna he's gonna do the same thing, you know. He's gonna go off a few times. They're gonna win those games, and it's gonna be on the rest of them to play solid and scrape by for the rest of the way. Don't think they get it done more so because of their lack of a, a real striker. Um, Robert Street, youngin, 19 years old, started in their friendly. They got Jordan Ayew, they got Andre Ayew, and they got um, they got ben, Christian Benteke as well. So the same options as last year. Didn't think they got it done. I don't. I, I think they hold up play well, but they're just not mobile enough to play on the counter the way that Palace sort of need to, uh, mm-hmm. given they're going to be the less talented team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying about Zaha. Um, I'm just looking at like his pure raw numbers. 1920, he had a terrible year. Um, 38 matches played. Health is there. He's always available. That's good. 38 matches played, only seven total stats, four and three, and five bookings. He almost had as many yellow cards as he did stats as an attacker. That's not good. Last year, we did see an uptick. He had 11 goals and two assists. So if he can continue on that path, like that's that's not a great scene. That's a that's an okay season playing for Palace. Like that's a pretty decent season, but uh, I don't know. That was his highest goal tally ever. So I, I don't know. I just highest goal tally ever, and he's in the midst of his athletic prime, a ripe twenty-eight. Yeah, I guess I I I, I just I don't see him having double digits. I think I think I'm I think I'm just kind of biased. They're they're probably going to be more more ass and unwatchable than I think. I'm really just a big fan of Eberichi Essay and Michael Alice. Um, 
I've gotten in championship, you know, it's, it's nice. It's nice, but there's some good young players in there and they are that Alice isn't going to be there for the start of the season. I am just now remembering. So, um, yeah, never mind. Remember he got hurt. He tore his, um, he tore his ACL. He was in contention for euros. Like Gareth even name dropped him uh, in a presser and then boom, tore his, tore his fucking shit yeah. the next day. Oh, so yeah. you're going to be out for yeah, like quite, half the quite season, a minute. If not. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah, never mind. Forget everything I just said. <laughs> as you still go off, though, as you as you'll have a good year. I'll have a good year. I I don't know though, because ACLs sometimes it takes unless you're Adrian Peterson. Sometimes it takes you like a year after you're healthy to get back to the normal you. You just gotta hope he doesn't rush it. Because remember, Falcao had that ACL. You never the same. He can't. Uh, yeah. yeah. And but he he did come back in three months. Tell you what, Eberche, <laughs> cut your deal. Set out the year, get relegated. Forty goals in the championship. Forty Four. goals, bring them back up. Get relegated, go to Arsenal, and then. Ooh, ooh! Now that's a career move. Literally just moving up the ranks without doing doing nothing. I like Not that too much. Now we're yeah. on to something. So where where do you think Palace fall on the table, uh, range wise? I think they will be in the the ever so coveted relegation zone. They'll be in and around there. If they don't go down, it is they're gonna be in the one or two spots just above those guys. Maybe a maybe a last match day type of thing. But they are going to be bottom feeders. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Crystal Palace is relegation fodder um, yeah. for this upcoming Premier League season. They have. Zero hope of anything successful, and uh, stamp that. Yeah, now that like as much as I like Ali's and as I and you know as I even he's gonna miss so much time. As much as I like Ali's, <laughs> it, it's there's so much too much turnover for for them to be any semblance of like as yeah. good as they were last year, and mm-hmm. that was barely good enough to stay up. So yeah. I, it's. It's looking tough for them. Looking yeah. real tough. Manager who's been sacked twice. It's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's the okay. Well, I feel like we're in agreement on that. Let's move on to the next team, who I think is has much worse uniforms, much better looking players, and a much better manager. Can you guess who I'm talking about? Hmm. Much, much worse uniforms, much better manager, much better players. Better looking. Better looking. Oh, uh, Burnley. Oof. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> it, I, the players, the players bit. You're losing me. The manager, you're right up my alley, though. No, I'm actually talking about Norwich City, led by Daniel Farkey and um, led on the pitch by the very, very good-looking Todd Cantwell, and he, he's a very, very good player, too. Their preferred formation is the illustrious 4-2-3-1. I like it just because it's counting. It's um, I, I like that. It's interesting to me. Um, they're going to have Tim Kroll in the back of the net, um, Max Aarons at right back, Todd Cantwell at left. Timo Puki is leading them at the top of the key. But they're 
there have been some key departures over the last two years. Uh, the first time they came up into the into the Premier League, they um they lost who they lose, Ben Godfrey. Now he's killing it over at Everton. Kind of picks himself, I think. Um, yeah. Right now, they lost Emmanuel, Emiliano Buendia to Aston Villa. Oh my Great God. signing for the villains, and he is absolutely their best player. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. You forgot about that? I completely forgot about that. Oh. Uh, but, but it doesn't change what I think about them whatsoever, so that's cool. Fair enough. Good thing we we don't agree on what's going to happen over there. But but to make up for that for that loss, that tough, tough loss of their very best player on the pitch, they signed a talented youngin on loan from Chelsea who showed out at the Euros. They got Billy Gilmore coming in. Um, they got Milo Raskisha over from Werder Bremen relegated, but he is a talented cat. Ben Gibson, the center back from Burnley, signed for 10 million quid. And Demetrios Giannoulis from Pauk over in the Greek Super League. He is a left back, 25 years old. I played with him in Premier League. He's solid. He's solid. He can do it at both ends. And um, – Along with that, along with that, and coming in off their second stint, just dominating the championship, coming back in the Premier League, Daniel Fark has just been magnificent for them. And this team, this team had to grow. This team had to grow. They had to get relegated the first time to grow and become the men that they are today. But God damn it. God damn it. This Norwich City team, led by this German man, is going to stay in the Premier League. They're going to get no less than 13th place. Probably probably finish closer to mid-table than, than, than that sounds. And Daniel Fark will not be at Norwich by next summer. All right. Um, love your analysis on uh, the Canaries. Um when they came up the last time they got promoted, they won the championship on 94 points. The ensuing Premier League season, they were relegated in 20th with 21 points. <clears throat> Excuse me. This year, they won the championship with 97 points. Uh, them and Watford really destroyed the league. Uh, then this year, I believe in the Premier League, we're going to see a uh, a similar pattern. I'll give them an extra three points maybe, but I think it's going to be a similar outcome. I love the way they play, which makes me feel bad. They go at teams. They play, they, they look good when they play and, but they just don't have the talent to be able to do that anymore, especially losing Buendia. Uh, just kind of, that was your main creator. Cantwell's very good. I think when he, when they go down this year, um, they'll go to a premier league club, but, uh, I was losing Bundia was too much. And the part about that, they sold him before they even got a chance to look at what he could do this season in the Premier League coming off a historic championship season. So, I don't know. He could have carried them to 14, 13 on his own uh, around there, mid-table, low mid-table. But now I think that – that's a big loss from that's a huge loss. And I don't think Cantwell can carry the load on his own. Um, I'm not a big fan of Pookie and 
I don't know. I just don't. I just don't see a lot of bright spots in this bright yellow and green side. I mean, I see what you mean, but I. I mean, here's the thing. They maybe, maybe they they realize you know this is what they need. They need to sell them now. They got a good fee for them, so they need to sell them on. They're they're selling club at the end of the day. They're below the food chain. Need to do that. And Bundia, he the first. I mean. This is the same thing with all of them. This whole team was younger the first time in the Premier League. He only had one goal. Um, he was their best creator when they were there. But I think everybody's just going to take such a massive jump, and they're going to be able to – they're, they're, they're going to have the know-how this time around. They, they already have the finesse, the, the style, the, the way to play. They have the keys. Fark knows the way. They just need to get that savvy, that vet know-how, and now they have that. And I think that's going to make all the difference. Yeah, I agree. Last time they were up, they took a lot of shots. They weren't near the bottom. Like, in terms of shots, they wouldn't have been relegated, which uh, pretty cool. So, I mean, they like to go for it. But in terms of goals, they were dead last. Dead, dead last. And the team uh, was on fire, and then he really tailed off. Yeah, and I think the team that – we saw in that tail off end, the second half is the team who we're going to get again. Um, he might go on another fire streak, but I don't know. A lot of things got to line up for a team to just stay up in general. When you come up uh, like leads, almost everything went right, you know? And uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I think Norwich are going to be relegation fodder this year. I really, I really do. I, it's real good relegation fodder. Real good relegation fodder. Cooking on the fire. Uh, again, I'm sadly probably biased to fun players and fun managers, and I'm probably overrating what this team is capable of doing, much like I did with Southampton last year. But damn it, I'm going to stick to my guns. I look stupid on this show before I fucking pick somebody who's going to sit back to not get relegated. So, um, <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of that, um, this team between our two predicted tables just edged out Burnley for the, for the, for the spot that we thought was going to do the least of the worst, the, the best of the worst. Talking about Steve Bruce's Newcastle United, the inevitable men. Personally, personally, I think this group of clowns owned by this clown, Mike Ashley, is going to get fucking relegated this year. And you know what? You know what? I'm looking at their transfer activity right now, and this is amazing. Do you want to know who Newcastle's record signing this is, this this window? Oh, yes, I do. I'd love to know. I'd love to know. Guess what? They haven't made a single goddamn addition to the team. Not a single one. Not a single one. However... They have let young Christian Atsu, who I have played with on career mode, he is very good, <laughs> and Andy Carroll, who is old, a savvy vet, <laughs> we'll say, let them walk. That's not really the issue. The issue is not not adding anything to this group of players. Who I mean, they have they have talent here and there. Alan St. Maximin is electric. Uh, one out of every five times he touches the pitch. Uh, Martin Dubravka is 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 good. So is Carl Darlow. Uh, both a bit of 
inconsistency slash injury problems there, though. Fabian shares okay. Um, I like Jamal Lewis personally. I think he's talented left back, but he doesn't play very much because uh, Mike Ashley doesn't like fun. He likes the Longstaff brothers a whole lot. Don't know why. John Joe Shelby cannot get himself out of the team. Jeff Hendrick gets some run here and there. Ryan Frazier, the super sub. And the man we hated on, Callum Wilson, proving us all wrong last year. Proving us all wrong, but not proving me wrong this year, buddy. No, 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 no. You guys were terrible. You guys were terrible. You didn't do enough to fix it. You're not doing enough to fix it now. Why am I not seeing Joe Willock loan extended? Why am I why am I not seeing that already? Why is that not permanent? I need I need some action here in Newcastle. And since I'm not seeing any action, they're going to be the boring, inept team that intentionally plays without the ball, but also cannot play with the ball. And most of the time cannot even get the ball past midfield for a solid 85 minutes in the game. It takes some really, really crazy poop housery for these guys to get wins whenever they do. Um, just see the Spurs game. Tell you all you need to know. And um, it's no, no, this team cannot be allowed to persist. They must be relegated so they can be taken over. And then the sleeping giant of Newcastle. This would be a net positive for Newcastle. Did you also see that update? I'm sorry to tangent. Did you see the update on that today? No. Yeah, so the Newcastle takeover, um, the, the Premier League said no last year, right, on the grounds that they the, the Saudi group, who was brokered in by the same lady who brokered the Man City deal. So <laughs> wasn't sketchy the first time, guys. Um, yeah, but you it's sketchy now. You sketchy now. There's no mistakes. There's no mistakes. <laughs> Leicester is owned by the by by the Chinese. So is Southampton. So is Wolves. Man City's fourteen percent Chinese. The rest is oil money. Uh, <laughs> Putin literally owns Chelsea. Like this is like it's all it's all gone to shit. It's all gone to shit. Like we didn't learn at any point. Everybody is owned by shit. Okay. And they don't want this shit coming in. It makes no sense. So basically they said you didn't provide ample evidence, appealed it. Um, the Premier League and the FA said, fuck off. They're going to arbitration hmm. next year. Uh, so uh, we'll see. They'll get sold. I feel like they should this help if they get relegated. Yeah, I, I feel like at the end of the day, this is going to go to the Court of Arbitration or Sport. At the end of the day, no matter how long this takes, I feel like Newcastle is going to get bought by this group. Uh, and then yeah. they will be immense. Yeah. When that's going to happen, I don't know. It's going to happen. Probably in the next two years, three years, uh, yeah. I'd say. I hope so. Um, but about Newcastle, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to be good. I'll get that out of the way. I don't think they're going to be remotely good. I think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be very bad. But Alan St. Maximin is everything you think Zaha can be. He will win them games. Like you said, he doesn't show up about every five. Then he goes out and has a worldie. And that is what Newcastle needed to do. He's not going to show up every game. It's a lot of work to carry all these scrubs on their back. But uh, him going out there doing what he does best, energizing the crowd, getting goals, getting assists, getting on highlight reels before anything else is what they need right now because 
that's the only bright spot in this dark, dark club. Uh, and then the midfield you touched on, the Longstaff brothers and John Joe Shelby, hashtag Brexit FC, am I right? Just, <laughs> just the most rooting and tooting and hard-nosed <laughs> midfield in the Premier League. Uh, they'll break your ankle and say it was clean. They'll kick you when you're down. They'll Hell, they'll pick up the ball and throw it at you. But I think they'll do enough of a job to keep them safe. And by safe, I mean, holy shit, how did you stay up safe? Um, but yeah, that's I'm sorry for the lack of actual analysis of this team, but I'd like you to go outside and look at a piece of shit and tell me what something about it. Um, you put a bow on it, and that's out on St. Maximin. Newcastle suck. They need to be sold. However, they're still relegation fodder. And a good one at that. But yeah, there's... I, I said two good things about this team, and one of them was calling their midfield Brexit FC. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. And they're, yeah, and their goalies are okay. I guess they have a couple team of the weeks in FIFA. But... Uh, John Joe Shelby's all right. I like he's he he's yeah. rooting and tooting because he has to be, but yeah. he's got a bit of skill to his game. Uh, yeah, and he, he has he has a long shot on him again. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a good player. It's a uh, free John Joe Shelby. He's you know he's only twenty no. nine. <laughs> only oh he looks seventy. That's what I mean. He yeah. looks really he looks much older. It's the baldness. The baldness not a look on him. And just the lack of, he, and he just like has a permanent like. <laughs> He's ragging, ragging, ragging. Just walks around like Elmer fucking fun. He was in the Looney Tunes movie. No promos here, but uh, no, yeah, they're the relegation fodder, and they, yeah. Oh, the, uh, we need to find, we need to find Elmer Fudd. <laughs> John Joe uh, Shelby means and an Elmer Fudd in a Newcastle kit. Why I wanna? Okay, all right. Well, yeah, that that's Newcastle. Um, the, as evident by the amount of nonsense in the in that analysis, they are a nonsense club and they do nonsense things. But if they somehow stay up, it will be. Nonsense. Of more nonsense, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, we have the moose, the mooses, Watford, the um, meese. The meese. The meese. I like that. The meese. They they made some good signings, man. I'm not gonna lie. Signed um signed Moroccan international Imran Loser from Nantes, Nantes. Um, Emmanuel Dennis over from Club Bruges. She was on loan over in the Bundesliga. Did some things, but the club he was playing for could not afford him. Oh, evidently. Joshua King coming on a free over from Everton. He didn't do much. Didn't play much though. Uh, he was he was relegated to the bench behind Pigeon Boy and uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin's breakout season. Danny Rose, the the co-star of. Tottenham Hotspur is all or nothing. Joining on a free transfer. And Ashley Fletcher, never heard of him, but he played at Middlesbrough. They're a, they're a big club. They're just in the Champions League. I mean, the championship. Oops. Slight slip of the tongue. Um, however, they are losing Craig Dawson 
Jorge Segura, and uh, no one else that I know the name of. So, um, yeah, that, that's Watford. They got a few good players in and around there. Um, honestly, they're going down. They're absolutely going down. This club is did not make enough additions this year. I, 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 I don't I don't care who you, who you had last year. They lost De La Feu, right? Uh yes, he's at Udinez. Yeah. They got they got Andre Gray. Do they still have um who's the fast guy? The fast guy. Sar? They still have Sar? Yeah, Ismail Sar, yes, he's still there. Okay, they have Ben Foster. He's a he's a vet. He has a nice podcast. I like him. He's funny. Ben Foster's a good keeper. He's a yeah. good they have Will Hughes. First name Will, last name Hughes. Uh, this club's not good enough. I don't know. I don't know what else to say, really. They're a championship club playing in the Premier League. They're going to get treated like one. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you really hit the nail on the head with everything there. Um, I'd look. I think Dennis, though, he's living off of one game at the Alfredo de Stefano Stadium. Living off one game, and he's going to be terrible. Um, I like Sar. I love Ismael Sar. He's a good player, although he was quoted at eighty-five million when United tried to sign him last summer. Nowhere near that caliber of player. Um, and Ben Foster is a very solid keeper. Um, he'll he'll probably keep them in a lot of games, uh, but he's not good enough to win them a lot of those games uh Watford relegation fodder you said it all really just uh yeah it's yeah successful season would be staying up yeah um successful season would be staying up I don't think they're going to though unfortunately for the Meese I think they're going right back down and um yeah, no, I, I don't have much hope for the Meese. They need to they need to do something if if they wanna they wanna stay up. Yeah. This next team though, I'm actually kind of excited to talk about. Ooh. Um the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Wow. Mostly because I predicted them to be so bad. But ah uh, no, I'm I still no 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 I can't I can't. Losing losing Nuno Espirito Santos was a bad thing. Um, Owen Adesoe did not start the first friendly game. That is a bad thing. Uh, Fabio Silva played on the left wing. That is a bad thing. Um, and Roy Patricio is also leaving. And maybe Nevsh, is he rumored to be on the way out? One of their midfielders is, right? Uh, yeah, there, there's uh, talks and, and such. Talks and such. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, not a turnover at this club. Unfortunate year. Uh, uh, Santu stepped down at the end of the season. And Patricio is just, just a really, really good keeper. Kept them in a lot of games. No question about that. And um, this, I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to step up for them. I have no idea. I don't know if Raul Jimenez is the same player. I don't know if this Brunelage character is going to play Owen Atsui. Uh, enough games for them to stay up. I don't think he is. I think I don't. This guy couldn't even win. 
couldn't even get into the Champions League in Portugal. And now he's supposed to stay in the Premier League in the Premier League. That's, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. And they lost arguably their most important player. So I, I, I expect no things from this team. Yeah, um, I don't expect much from them. Um, hopefully, Owen gets some game time. Hopefully, Brun Lauge is a, a good manager. Um, I like I like Wolves being in the Premier League. They're they're a tough test for a lot of people who they play. Um, and when they're on their game, they're on their game, and they're one of the uh, better teams in the league. However, um, they crossed. Over, they crossed the ball over 700 times, which is good enough for top 10 in the Premier League last year. And the year before that, it was good enough for top three. Um, now, their main man who they crossed it to, Raul Jimenez, we don't know if he's ever going to be the same. That's, that's an injury that's tough to come back from, the fractured skull, especially when your main game is going up. He's good with the ball to feet, and he's a good striker of it, but he was just deadly on headers. He was big. He's strong. He's really good in the air when it comes to attacking the ball. And you have to think, unless he's just completely built different in his mentality, that he is going to have trouble, at least in the early stages, with rising up to that ball and going up with defenders and trying to get over people just because human nature, your body's going to try and protect itself without you doing it. So, um, Hopefully he can return to that full strength. I think Wolves will be better off for it. But what I think will happen, I, I don't think he'll be back to that. Uh, I love their young players in uh, Pedro Neto, in Trincao. Love those guys. And Owen, uh, they're just great players all around. And I think that they can carry them to a certain spot in the table if they all fire on all cylinders. But I don't see it happening. Um, I don't. So... I think they will be a relegation fodder as well. Yeah, I, I think they're straight up going to be in the relegation zone. Oof. Relegation zone. Um, I, I've really uh, – it's – I mean, yeah, they still got Coney, Cody and Saïs and Bali. Like, their back line's still intact. But Patricio was the leader of that, mm-hmm. and – Santos was the conductor of the whole shebang, and they lost both of them in one in one off season after yeah. regressing after what really was kind of a fluky season the first the first time around. You know, I hate yeah. hate to say it, but it is what it is. And I don't know; it's it'll be sad, but hypothetically, I do see a world where Owen Adesoyi realizes his mercurial talent. And just drags this club up by the scruff of the neck and keeps them in like a cool 14th off of six goals and 12 assists, all competitions. There's a world where that happens. Maybe. It's out there. I don't know where it is. Gotta find it. I'm not, I, I know, I know Patricia was a really good leader at the back. I'm not too worried, though. I think Jose Sa is a, a great replacement, especially getting him in there, like, at basically instantaneously with getting uh, Patricia out. He's not as good as Patricia. He's worse. Uh, but, I mean, 
his save percentages are great. He, he's in the 82nd percentile on save percentages. It touches 80th percentile, goal kick 77th. And uh, defensive actions outside of the penalty area. He's also in the 77th, so he's not afraid to come out and command and take charge, which uh, I think will help this Wolves team a lot. And he's, they may not be top-end leagues, but he's a three-time league champion. He's won it once with Porto. And uh, he won it twice with Olympiacos in Greece. So um, he's 28, prime of his career. So I think we didn't do this for last year, but he is my player to watch in the Premier League this season for Wolves. Yeah, he is that good. Never, see, never, never seen a player from Olympiacos that I liked, buddy. Never seen one, dude. Uh, never seen one. Go Eagles. <laughs> Go Eagles, baby. Go Eagles. Let's go. No, but he came from Porto. He brought up a Porto. They're they're honestly a goalkeeper factory. So they are. They really are. I actually I didn't know how recently and how good uh Santos was as a player. Yeah. He's nasty. Yeah, yeah he was national for a number of years. <laughs> yeah, he was solid. And he was he recently he played in the 08 Euro, which yeah. uh was, Played with Ronaldo. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's crazy. Ronaldo to right? Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> Chill. I know. Whoa. I speak Whoa. That that's what they use the Harry Kane money for? Imagine. Oh, yeah. Well, Imagine. the climb. That see, 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 that's how you get the GOAT conversation started again. You win Tottenham a trophy. And that's some shit. That's. No, he, you don't win. Messi couldn't win Tottenham a trophy. No, but what if he did though? What if Ronaldo came there and tap in and pen merchant his way to, to I'd hate a, it. An FA Cup. I'd hate it. Be the worst thing ever. Uh speaking of Tottenham and trophies, a fun little tidbit to throw out there. Okay. I was I saw this while surfing uh surfing the Twitter sphere. About a week ago, it was forty four thousand days since the Queen Victoria of England had passed away and was killed or died, however that happened. Uh, so deep ago, 22,000 days ago, about a week, uh, was the last time that Tottenham won the first division trophy, which is the league. Um, so now it is officially Tottenham's last league win was closer to the death of Queen Victoria than it is to today. And that is why, that is why football Twitter is the best. Undefeated, undefeated, <laughs> never lost. You know who else has never lost? Uh, Arsenal in the I think it was oh three season. I was gonna say, oh, and editing in these ads. Yes, yes, never lost, never lost. Because we'll be back with the hype for the U.S. of A. after these words from our sponsors. I'm recording, so take take your time whenever. This episode of the We Call It Soccer Show is brought to you by Vizzy Hard Seltzers, one of the greatest, bestest, amazingest tasting hard seltzers on the market. They stand out with not only their flavor and quality assurance, but they stand out with their ability to provide key nutrients and vitamins to you in your daily diet. They provide antioxidant vitamin C from the Acelera Superfruit and almost all of their flavors 
Go check them out if you're over the age of 21 in America. And if you can find them over in the UK, go check them out if you're over 18. I cannot stress enough. This is my favorite drink after a long day of work and watching a game on Saturday with my friends and family. Busy hard seltzers. Great taste. Great quality. Great buy. Shout out the folks at Busy for sponsoring this week's episode. What's up, guys? Back at you after those beautiful words from our sponsor uh, with some unadulterated hype about the United States men national team winning our group nine points, eight to one goal difference, nine points from three games. That is a clean sweep. Get fucked, Haiti, Martinique and Canada. You guys suck. You lost to our C team. You losers. Thanks for coming, but honestly, don't show up ever again. It was not worth the time that we wasted beating your sorry asses down. Now that the uh, the the formalities are out of the way, let's get into let's get into some tactical analysis of how our boys did. Um, you know, I was it's a mixed bag overall. I'm I'm not too impressed. I'm not, I'm not too impressed with our performance, to be totally honest. I think we definitely could have done a lot better in the, in the first and last game. You know, beating, beating Martinique 6-1 is all fine and dandy, but as you should against a non-FIFA-registered uh, team. You know, I, I wanted to go look up what, what these guys were, were ranked, you know, so, you know, go flex that, you know, oh, we beat the 105th. Nope, they're not even ranked. They're not even ranked. So, although that game was very fun, entertaining we saw the full passing range of james sand eric williams energy busio doing a lot of creative things turning with the ball putting in some work defensively rodan playing his uh concacaf messy role dk hoppy both get on the board robinson with a goal some strong defending as well it was against weak defense weak team the haiti and the u.s and the canada game though we are definitely the better I don't know. We, I think we were the better team both times. But we we just couldn't get it done in the final third, especially especially versus Haiti. It was just absolutely just disgusting. Two big chances myth, missed. Zardes wasn't good enough. DK wasn't good enough when he played in, uh, in the Canada game. Left a few chances on the board, knocked himself over. And it was... It was kind of like England. You know, we scored too early. Shaq Moore caught him sleeping. And then they just – they sat back. And I thought the back three, for the most part, defended well. So it was okay. Mm-hmm. But we definitely could have tried to play more because of the way they came out in the beginning of the game. Like, you just saw there were just too many too many numbers up forward, too many move, too many – smart runs, quick passes. Like, it was just too much for him. And after that, it, everything just slowed down. And Busio in particular, he, he was he was just kind of wandering out there in the middle in the middle of the pitch for, for this Canada game, getting beat a lot, not, not really putting in hard tackles or just kind of getting passed around easily. He's, he just gets drawn out, passed around, and boom, they're, they're, they got numbers on. And he showed his youth. Kona Costa did some nice things, I thought. I don't know. I, we're going to win the Gold Cup at the end of the day. We're going to win this shit. Probably. We're going to win this shit, no problem. But 
I, uh, I would like to see more from some of these players. You know what I mean? Especially the strikers. Yeah. Um, I think it's a failure of a tournament if we don't make the final, even though this really doesn't matter, given that since Mexico won yesterday uh, on Sunday, July 18th, um, they secured first place, putting them on Canada's side of the bracket. So we have the cakewalk. We'll play the Jamaicas and the Panamas and all those. Hey, hey, Jamaica's all right, dude. They're going to they're gonna lose. Yeah, they're gonna get they're gonna get shit housed by the USA if they play. Absolutely yeah. dominated. I do think that we played better in the first two games. I do not think we played better in the last game. Um, you pointed out a lot of the stuff, Busio. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, given that he he literally is in the middle of a transfer saga. You know, I'll call Fair it enough. that. Uh, it is. He just got completed, and all it is is medical. So. Maybe that'll be off his mind, or maybe it'll still be pressing on it. He wants to get over to Venice, have a croissant in Italy, uh, or a pizza. Croissants are French. Um, they then, have a croissant in, in Italy. But it won't be the same as, like, a pizza, you know? Or is that similar to, like, New York pizza, whereas Connecticut pizza is actually better? What if Italian saying, croissants are better uh, than French croissants? And the French people just don't want to hear that. I know. The French put chocolate in their croissants. You can get the chocolate croissant, like, here, down the really? street. I know, I've never, uh, honestly, I've never seen one in America. That jet shit. <laughs> <I've> never, <laughs> I, I probably have, just being an idiot, but I've only ever had buttered croissants. Near wow. ice? No, yeah, never. Never had a croissant from near ice. Uh, but... Yeah, yeah, we 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 uh we uh we digress. We digress. That's the word. Um, yeah, but uh, what I, I lost my train of thought, so I'm gonna go to my big thing. Hoppy should start every game from here on out. I don't care. Um, he is clearly our most technical player on this roster. Probably our best player on this roster, with without question. The only person I'd hear an argument for that isn't a goalkeeper because Matt Turner's doing a fantastic job this tournament uh, would be James Sands, maybe a Busio. You're feeling Down frisky. Uh, you're feeling frisky at Jackson Ewell. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Jackson Ewell sucks. So um, bad. Yeah, no offense, Jackson. Um, just compare You're obviously like better than the average person in soccer. But uh, to the team, you, you're not. Not really a viable option at the moment. It's all. Matthew. It's all. Um, what is it? It's all relative. relative. Yeah, it's all. Relative. Relative. Yeah, you, you could you could dog us any day of the week, but not Canada. Um. Yeah, Matthew Hoppy needs to start. He's so he's technically there. He can finish when given the opportunity more often than not. Um, and you you did say we talked about a little bit the DK Zardis combination play. You know, Zardis feeding them in. Uh, being that kind of like off striker and DK do all the runs and work, I think it kind of showed that that's not going to be a successful duo ever because Zardes yeah. <laughs> sucks. Zardes sucks. DK is technically not there physically. He's more than there, but just the technical. He's too ability. there. Yeah, he, he's too he's too physical for his own good, and he's not technical enough to go with that physicality. But Matthew Hoppy is 6'4", 
I think he's still a teenager. So he has the physical part, but he's so technical. He leads the gold cup in nutmegs. And uh, <laughs> just just coming on, the U.S. could not keep possession for shit in the last 10 minutes of that game. He came on, he was an outlet, and he was just dribbling through Canadian players, keeping possession, drawing fouls, slowing the game down for the U.S. when they really needed it. And I think if he played the whole game, even if the U.S. played as they did, could have been 3 nothing. Could have easily been 3 nothing just from him holding up the ball or taking out of something out of nothing. And but that's that's kind of my two cents on it. Uh Jackson Ewell. Sorry, bud. Matthew Hoppy, you're so much better than Josh Exardis. And you're the you're you're elite. You should start every game, play 90. And James Sands, what a guy, what a player, what a what a godsend. I'll say it, I'll say it a godsend for a team that is lacking in a good six uh, after Tyler Adams, he can, he can be that guy. And I told you this 2026, James Sands will be the starting six at the world cup in America, Canada, Mexico. Maybe. No, no, no. Ink, ink, ink. If there's a line on that mortgage. Mortgage. Wow. That is. Wow. 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 I mean, well, I, I mean, he, I agree though. He had a great tournament. Like he was, and it did super good game against Canada. He was given a lot of responsibility in building the play, distributing long balls from the back and also having to make several like really important tackles when we were caught out. Cause they were caught out like all day. And yeah, but yeah, a, a lot. Yeah. He maybe, uh, maybe. And getting thrown in with a new partner, Cold and Donovan Pines, who played he played all right. But uh I like him. He is he's lanky in the good way. Gary Mina, baby. Gary Mina, young but, Gary. Uh, yeah, and you know, Sands from Rye, you know, tri state area bull. Wait, so, he is? Yeah, he's from Rye. The fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty I, cool. I love James Sands now. Dude, no. Yeah. James Sands is a starting six at the World Cup, dude. What do you oh well, what was awesome? See where Tyler Adams is from, because what if they're like Similarly close. Isn't Tyler Adams played at the Red Bulls? So I assume he's closer. I don't want to say that name. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'll mess it up super bad. He's from Wapping, Wappinger Falls, New York. That sounds like it's it's near Poughkeepsie. Sounds like sounds what, fancy. What what you need to know about the town is I clicked on the map and the first thing that popped up. The only thing that popped up for the town was a Home Depot. Wow. Like, like, like the whole map. Home Depot. Just a Home Depot. It's a little thing. So, and then the top one is a Coles. But, uh, right. yeah, no. James Sands, uh, he's a beast. He can pass. He can defend. He's so versatile. I like him a lot. I think that leads me into my next question to you. Two players for each side. Who has helped their stock the most and who has hurt their stock the most? Because I think this was this tournament's obviously a tryout for the World Cup qualifiers in the fall to be the last couple guys in 23. So who do you think uh, has changed their position in Greggy's eyes? I think that James Sands obviously is has helped his stock the most. And 
I think you could give it to either one of the midfielders, but I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Busio because he's clearly better than James Sands. And at the beginning of the tournament, maybe somehow in Greg's highs, he was not, but now he clearly is. So definitely that. James Sands or Jackson Newell? Jackson Newell. He is better than Jackson Newell, and there's no question about it. Maybe Greg thought it one day a long time ago. It was no longer a thing. And um, who hurt themselves the most this tournament? Jackson Newell. Easy. Easily. Dude, like, don't need to see him ever again in the U.S. men's national team shirt, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And... I want to say, like, my heart says Giazzi Zardes, but he's done this before for Greg. So I don't think there's anything he can do to hurt himself. No, there's nothing. Maybe G- Nico Giacchini. And that, that might be harsh, but for the limited time that I saw him this tournament, he was absolutely ass. He missed so many chances. Yeah. And that, that's the thing you told me. You said eight big, uh, eight big chances missed in League Two. I'm already off of this. And he missed probably three big chances in his 20 minute cameo against Martinique. So, yeah. So, yeah, I don't. He did not do himself any favors in, in a particularly deep spot for the U.S. men's national team out wide. So, yeah. I agree. What that's about you? Solid. Um, I'll go James Sands for the help. Um, I'll go. I'll go off the beaten path because I do think Busio was one that really helped himself. But in a semi-open position for the U.S. that needs backups and players who can play that, I think Sam Vines um, has showed that he's not quite yet the starter, um, but he can be a viable emergency backup option. You know, I think it's still Robinson by light years, but Vines he's looking at a move to Europe right now, which helped develop his game. He's still very young. And he's no nonsense. <laughs> the amount of times he just put his foot through the ball in the second half yesterday was incredible. He's just like, mm-hmm. I'm not playing this out. Like, we're just going to reset. And sometimes you need that. And at a young age, it's, you're going to learn when, when not to do it. And uh, it's better to be safe than sorry. So I think he helped himself out there. Um, who didn't help themselves? <sighs> let me, let me, let me, let me. I'll go. Oh yeah, I guess I gotta go with Jackson Newell. Um, just didn't play well in the U twenty Olympics. He had a screamer that I kind of put him on so that he could be a good backup if he develops. But he has just not played well at all. He's misplaying passes. He's hitting the referee with passes. It's not something you want to see. And uh, I'm a. Who's the second one? I had someone in my mind for the second one, and I forgot it. But it's uh, let me think, let me think. Damn it! It was gonna be cheap. They weren't at the tournament, and I like they hurt themselves by not playing. I forget who it was. It was Julian Araujo. No, no. It was oh, it's Zach Steffen. It's Zach Zach Steffen. Steffen. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, Get out of here, dude. I, I'm I saying – no, I don't think he's in danger at all yet. I don't think he's in danger at all yet. But uh, I think the gap between him and his backups has certainly shrunk. Um, he's still the best one. 
I think Matt Turner is possibly a better shot stopper than him. Stefan is miles better with the ball at his feet. And Horvath is Horvath. He's a solid back. I'm saying though, right like we need that. Like you, you gotta, you gotta be able to play with your feet, bro. Yeah. It's so big. I think it's easier to learn how to play with your feet than it is to yeah. learn how to be a shot. Stopper. Matt Turner is an old man. So in Ethan, Hor- uh, Ethan Horvath, he's an old. I mean, he's he's definitely on the. Is he old for soccer or old for a goalie? Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. He's, he's 27. He just turned 27. Old man, bro. Dude, he's not even in his goalkeeping prime yet. Fair enough. And, so, so I, I and, and all right, so I'll change. Then Horvath hurt himself the most. Uh. And Stefan, because I don't care. Because now Turner is my. They gotta play in Europe, bro. They can't. Turner is my number two. Turner, Turner is my number two. Yeah, until until Horvath just puts Huddersfield on his fucking on his goalkeeping gloves and carries them into the Premier League. Then he'll be my number one, and then Stefan and uh whatever um Turner. Stefan's still number one. I don't know. He's gonna win the FA Cup this year. He just had such a clean tournament. He's had. Uh, for someone who's not that good with the feet, he's had a solid tournament with his feet, sensing danger. And even the penalty that uh, Martinique took, and who your boy Kellen Acosta gave up, by the way. Let's not. Yeah, let's not. Kellen Acosta had a good tournament, dude, and a good game against Canada. He's a hard worker. He's got a bit of he skill. Gave up a it's pen. not quite there. It's not quite there. I'm they not- they would have kept uh, three clean sheets if it wasn't for your boy. His skill isn't ready for Europe, but. He needs to go to Europe to refine it and become a better player because he's, he, he's he has an old the man. He's an old man. He's twenty-seven. Yeah, but he's an outfield player. He's an MLS outfield player. They age like twenty-seven. At twenty-seven. Fine wine. <laughs> no, I, he's a I vet. Think... He's a savvy vet, and he's ready to. He's ready to. He's. He's, he's going to play at the World ready Cup. To give up a he's going to play. He's going to play in 22, so get ready which for is, it. Which is sad. Not which sad. Is sad. It is we're sad. going to do fine. I think we're going to do fine. I think we're going to do fine. I don't know. Um, super early predictions. Super early for the 2022 World Cup? Yes. Where are where, – so USA – yeah, what are they doing? Are they getting out of the group? If, if so, do they win a game after that? My 23 makes it to the quarters. Uh, the 23 that Greg's going to put out there comes in second in the group stage at best. That means we make it out, though. At best, at best, at best. Second right, in the group so stage. So do we win? And then you lose. lose. And then we lose. Yeah. And we lose. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think we're going to win. A, I think we're going to win a knockout game. At least, at least if, one. If the right players are playing, I, I can. If the front three has any combination of the following players: Pulisic, Reyna, Wea, Sebachu, a hopefully more technically refined DK. If that's if any of those combinations are your starting front three, and then the Musa, McKinney, Adams midfield, and then Brooks, Richards, uh, Robinson, Dest. I think that team gets out of group, and I think that team wins a knockout stage against some European team. Uh, but I do not think we'll see that lineup at least once throughout the entire 22 tournament. 
But oh. obviously, barring it, if everyone's healthy, I don't think we'll see it. Injuries, obviously. I think we could see that lineup. There's definitely a chance. Way is definitely the wild card. But the other 10, I definitely think there's real chance that we could see a lineup. And, and Way will play. Like, I don't think that's in, in, the, in the cards now. I think he's first guy off the bench at this point. Yeah. After, after great Nations League cameos. Um, in terms of the knockout game, if you go over to the Euros, which is theoretically harder than the World Cup to, to win in terms of the quality of the team, you look at a team like Wales, Czech Republic, the Netherlands with Frank de Boer, the Ukraine, we'll have more of the ball than Sweden. Um, the Germans are a mess. England, we could definitely beat. Austria. <laughs> Switzerland, if we sit, if we play them like Mexico, Croatia is going to be even older. We just lost. No, yeah, because yeah, we didn't, we didn't learn our lesson. I thought we were going to try and play against Mexico, but we didn't. Well, you know, one of the best traits of being an American is that you don't have to learn your lesson. I don't know if we and we. Won't. I'm not saying we will beat Switzerland if we play them. I'm saying it is possible. It is <laughs> Man, possible we, to we beat all of those teams. Stage. And now, and now we go over to Asia. We can beat all those teams. We can beat anybody in Africa as well. And we're beating anybody we draw from, from CONCACAF, including the Mexicans. Yeah. And and outside of Brazil, we can give anybody in South America a run for their money. We'll get messied, like without a doubt. We we'll will probably messied. get messied, but if if we commit really if we if they just try killing Acosta. No, Weston McKinney oh and Tyler God. Adams out there, oh and they just say, "Guys, they just say, guys, go kick that little man, go kick That's that little terrible. man until his ankles are dead, and we can do it." And Greg okay. knows how to do that. When Greg was a player, that was what they were all about. He's a watch. We're gonna be dirtier and and, and grittier than you think come World Cup time, and that's what's gonna get us through. So I I just pulled up the Euro knockout stage. I'm gonna run through it, tell you what would happen if we played. Belgium lost, Portugal lost, Italy lost, Austria extra time, uh, France lost, Switzerland lost, Croatia lost. Uh, Croatia win, Spain lost. Uh, Spain could be a win. No, we'd lose to Spain. No, we they dominate, miss four big chances, and we somehow yeah, if, miss. If we they could don't beat them, one zero. Big chances. If they don't, if, if was a fifth, then Spain would be drunk off their ass out of the and, European Cup. And Spain also wouldn't be the highest scoring team at the Euro. They also would beat it, which is harder than the World Cup in your words. It is. It is <laughs> theoretically. Then, I said theoretically. Theoretically harder, and they theoretically and literally scored the most goals at this theoretically harder time. <laughs> so, Denmark probably extra time. I'll say extra time. Wales win. The Czechs sneaky loss. The Dutch. Obviously, a win. The Germans lost. The, the English lost. The Ukraine, I don't know about the English. Evens, the wins. So that's, I counted four wins. Four wins out of the four 16. Four wins out of 16. That's a, that's a 25% chance, and, and there's going to be less a, of them. And one of them be less of them that get through in the World Cup. There could be a group of death where three of them go out. It, it, you, you never know. Yeah, yeah, but the ones that we were going to win probably are going to be the ones. In a World Cup, we could draw cheeky Paraguay. We could draw, we could draw the, the odd Peru. <laughs> you know, like it, it, 
That's what I'm saying. Well, like we the, can, yeah. But the last World Cup we were in, we had a group of Germany, Portugal, and Ghana, and we got out. We got out that bitch. Yeah, yeah. You know why? But thanks to Michael Bradley giving the ball to Ronaldo. Because we're America. Game. Because we're uh, America. That's yeah, why but, we got out. Yeah, no quarters. Quarters, best possible scenario. Dude, realistic. Pool six is second place. You realize by this time, Pool six going to be a Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup champion. He's going to have won and Gold Cup and the CONCACAF Nations League. He's going to have won everything there is to win in football, and then he's going to go into the World Cup prime, ready to go. He's going to carry us on his back. Captain America is going to oh. do it. And, and if he goes down, we're absolutely fucked. We're fucked beyond belief. Okay. True. No one else can do it like him. But he's going he's gonna to do some – he's going to have a special World Cup. It's going uh, to be a movie, dude. Name – Name the last team to win the World Cup or make a semifinal where their best player was a backup on his club team. He's not a backup. He's a backup. No, he's not. He's a backup. No, he's not. He's a backup for Kyle. He's really not. Mel Werner. Uh, I, I'm not, that's him. crazy because they, they – they, no, no, he's not. I mean, no. we'll see. If he starts game one in the Premier League, I will have been proven wrong. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't get I don't know. He's had a full know. full rest. He's good to go. Played the whole Nations League. Scored a crucial penalty. Had time off. He's in training, taking pictures with Tammy Abraham. He, we'll see. He's the first guy off the bench, like like you said about Webb, but he's a backup. And it's not a bad thing, but like that's not. We don't have backup because Tommy's a fool. Because Tommy's a goddamn fool, and he's playing Timo. You can't do a goddamn thing out on the pitch. Remember that, because when we talk about Chelsea, I know he's going to be doing. He's going to have a much better year. He's going to have a much better year. Yeah. I think he is too. Yeah. Damn, he might be a damn. He's backup. He's a just walked into. He's a backup. He's a backup. And uh, anything else to talk about, or uh, should we end it on on the the moment of realization? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say some things. Can you talk about the Mets? Give me a chance to think. Um, the Mets are winning three nothing right now. They came back from down six nothing yesterday. Um, absolute shit show of an umpiring crew yesterday. I can't believe those Boom. guys. Already thought about it. Raheem Sterling was the almost the golden boot winner for the Euros. Without a doubt, the best player for England in their road to the final. And guess what? He's a backup. He's a fucking backup on the team that lost to the team that Christian Pulisic beat. Uh, that's a cool World Cup. You're, dude, it's an international I said World, Cup. I, said World Cup. I said I need to go back and look at that World Cup. You think I can just pull let, the let, World let, Cup out of my ass? I can't. I can't. Maybe. I can pull. No, I can look at what just happened. Maybe. We'll continue this next week, maybe. I, I need to go. You can't. This isn't an on-the-spot answer I can give you. But next week, I will come with something. You're going to be amazed by it. But off the top of my head, Raheem Sterling. All right. Okay. Okay. I guess I'll, guess I'll allow it. So uh, this time next week, we'll come back. The Bucks will be champions. The yeah, Gold yeah, Cup, yeah. The Gold Cup knockout stages will be in a full swing. And uh, we will be one week closer to the kickoff of the best league in sports, the Premiership of England. So um, looking forward to it. Are you looking forward to it? Dude, like nothing else, man. Fuck this. Fuck this point of the international break. You just got CONCACAF. There's some Brasileiro Serie A on there. 
Um, you know, obviously, vamos America to Cali, per usual. Well, I'm going to leave us and the fans with some great wisdom as we end it here. It is a dark time in this international stage, but without the dark, there could not be light. Thank you. Everyone have a safe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we'll see you back here on Monday. Take care, boys.